You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the sixth installment of our series entitled... Okay, good, 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 okay? <laughs> okay, entitled 10. The perfect law is also the perfect love of uh, God. God's love was expressed perf- uh, perfectly no matter uh, how the, the law has made us ugly. And a lot of us here probably you're saying that uh, how is it, Pastor Ryan, that the law has made us ugly? Because for the past few years being reared and uh, raised in a Catholic environment, I love Catholics. Uh, that was my background. I used to be an altar boy. Our parish priest uh, did really, I believe, made a, a wrong decision of inviting me to be an altar boy because, of course, uh, I did just mess my, uh, the, the, whole, the, the whole job that was placed on my lap. I, I messed it up, and I just can't understand why I was given the task. But, but growing up, uh, I, I can't uh, really help but be reminded that uh, the, the law and the Ten Commandments was given to me in order for me to just comply to it. And that's what, that was my uh, understanding of uh, what the Ten Commandments is. And all of you here, I don't know if, if you have the same understanding as mine, that the, the commandments of God was given by the Lord and we don't have a choice but to comply to it for His own satisfaction. It was never explained to us that the law was given after the covenant of God with His own people. Isn't that amazing that for the past few years, the reason why my wife and I, we would talk about rules uh, when it comes to our relationship and the way we raise our kids. Uh, and we have rules at home, no junk foods, no video games. Uh, and most of it, uh, I am the number one proponent of it, okay? I love junk foods. <laughs> See, okay? Uh, and, and I love uh, video games with, with my kids. And I'm having fun with all of these restrictions. Uh, and uh, the reason why I don't, I don't want to take it against my wife, because we are in a relationship. Do you understand this? How many of you here... Uh, you are right now in a relationship, or it's complicated. A- anybody here? All of us, I- if you're married, you have a boyfriend. When, when you are in a relationship, the rules will just follow, am I correct? When you're in a relationship, you don't want to mess the relationship. And in order for you not to mess the relationship, you want, you put rules. I don't know if you're familiar that uh, indeed our houses and wherever you live, there are picket fences. Meron po tayong bakod sa bahay. Okay? Sinong yung bahay niyo may bakod? Iba bakod lang. Walang bahay. And picket fences are placed right there not, not to suppress your freedom. Am I correct? But to, to what protect you from outside elements. Am I correct? And that is uh, uh, what we need to uh, use as a reference and, and, and an example, an illustration when it comes to the commands of God. It was never to suppress your freedom, but to protect the relationship that you have with God. Remember that the people of God and the Jewish nation has a covenant, a relationship with God, and God loves them so much. And because of that relationship, God wants to put all the commandments as what? As a way to protect them from, from, from drifting away. Isn't that amazing? If God okay, has an opportunity to communicate with his own people, and he has a, a, a lot of opportunities, but I felt like uh, the way to frame the relationship that God has with his people is that I will put the commandments so that I can protect this relationship that we have with one another. This is why, at the end of the day, if you do understand the context why the Ten Commandments was given, was because God is what? God wants to uphold the relationship that he has with his people. You now really appreciate that it pays to follow the commandments of God because it's from the posture of God's love for His people. How many of you here, when you came to know the Lord, it was a love of God that has, that has overwhelmed you why you are following Christ, why you're obeying God? It was not because it is the, the, the demands of the Lord and it's a must. The reason why I can tell my kids to follow me because my relationship with them will cause them to what? To obey me. 
Not because I'm their father and, and I'm iron-fisted and I'm demanding any, anything from them and, I, and they have to follow me whether they like it or not. It is always coursed through the relationship that I have with them. This is why I can follow God, I can worship God, I can obey God because I saw Christ died on the cross. And the Word of God says that even though I'm a sinner, I, I am faithless, God will remain faithful. And because of that act of God, I just can't help but obey God. Amen. And all of us are like that. The reason why we're obeying God, the reason why we're following God, because we saw the generosity of God. Amen. This is why today, I hope that we do understand that the summary of the Ten Commandments is really God's unchanging love for all of us. And I've mentioned this roughly about two weeks ago. If God wants us to follow the Ten Commandments, and we know with all our hearts that we will fail if we comply, and if we, uh, if we adhere and we follow the Ten Commandments, we're guaranteed to fail. Am I correct? How many of you here, you, 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 you have tried in the past following the Ten Commandments to the dot? Anybody here? We, we want, right? That's our desire. We want to follow because it feels so good to do what is right. Am I correct? But we know we're guaranteed to fail. Right? And the reason why, okay, that God knows as well that we will fail, because the, the Ten Commandments is like a mirror. That once you try your what? your best, or you will, you will try to follow the Ten Commandments, there's no other way but for you to be guaranteed that you will fail as you what? As you pattern your life. And the beauty of this is that when you fail, if you do understand the concept of why is it like a mirror, because it will cause you to run to Jesus when you fail. Am I correct? A lot of self-righteous people, they would want to still try their best if, if they have what it takes to follow the Ten Commandments. No, the Ten Commandments was given so that when you fail, you can run to Jesus. Because there's only one person who fulfilled the law, and that is... Good man, this I'm telling you, I, I want to thank Pastor Jonathan, okay, for, for teaching you so well. Now you know what I'm talking about, okay? And I salute, I want to salute Pastor Jonathan. And when you turn to Jesus, you can help. But be amazed at what Jesus did for us, that he fulfilled the law. And when you're amazed with God, you can help but fulfill the law according to what? The strength and the grace that God has given us. That's the gospel, amen. It is not because it's a must that we are what? Demanded to adhere to it. The motivation, why you're following? Because you are in a relationship with God. Amen. This is why it's a perfect law. That yet, God will never compromise His moral standards. He wants us to know that He is a perfect God. That He's perfect and His laws are perfect. But the beauty of this, amidst of all his perfections and how perfect he is when it comes to his commandments, that he knows that we don't have what it takes to comply to his commandments, he sent his perfect love through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you take a closer look, that is what really took place. Okay? When they receive uh, the laws of God in the book of Exodus, and this is why I want to read from Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17. Verse 1, are you ready? Okay, we're done after this. Would that be fine? We're done in 10 minutes. I'm telling you right now. Okay, you don't need uh, a prolonged message because you are a group of intelligent people. Good? Verse 1, And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. 
You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your what? The sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it. Honor your what? Father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That was our message last week. You shall not. You shall not. You shall not. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Wow. Okay? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we can learn your word. I pray that every person in this room will be changed, Lord God. And thank you, Lord, that indeed your message, Lord God, will always, Lord God, motivate us, Lord God, to do everything for your glory and honor. I pray that we will have a collision with your word, Lord God. That we will have a collision, Lord God, with the gospel. Thank you that we will come out and start this week, Lord God, with the right understanding of your message. We give you all the glory for what you've done and what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Ten Commandments was an expression of God's covenant and His love for His people. The main reason why they went out of Egypt, the Lord delivered them out of Egypt, is that for them to worship God. Isn't it amazing? It was not just because God has nothing to do that He would want to just give them the commandments that they need to comply to, but all of these are properly tied. How many of you here appreciate that God is what God is not just a God who just wants you to comply to what he wants you to do everything is tied properly there is a story when it comes to our relationship with God isn't that beautiful and this is why it is important because they were liberated from what from Egypt and God gave them the commandments but remember this they have already a relationship with with God when you have a relationship with somebody when he gives us a a what a, a command or uh, he would, it would, it would stipulate his commandments. You will not take it against God because you are in a relationship. Am I correct? And when you understand the reason why God gave the commandments, it is to protect the relationship that that He has with you. You can help, but what? Move forward and go to the land where God has, has shown you and worship God. This is really the very heart of God. That eventually they would understand that indeed I am the Lord your God and has brought you out of Egypt. And if you take a closer look of Exodus 20 verse 1 this is the first commandment God simply was saying I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt isn't it amazing as well that God was simply saying I'm not just a God I am your God we have and we are in a relationship we are in a covenant and this is one of the things that I I, I was reminded of when 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 I was studying the, the the scripture that when you are in a relationship with somebody there is a what there is a, a tendency once in a while to revisit Okay, your stories and what has, has taken place in the past. I don't know if, if you can relate with me. I have high school friends back in the day. That was three, four years ago when I was in high school. Okay, high school principal. And, and, and I would always what, uh, meet with them and, and stories after stories. Paulit-ulit na lang. We would talk about our classmates, our, our homeroom advisor. We'll talk about the, the things that we did in the past or, or, or are rebellious and we would laugh at it and, and we, we would look back and reminisce and, and go back the memory lane because we are in a relationship when you are in a relationship with somebody usually that's that's what you do 
you, 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 you really go back and, and, and be reminded of what you, you, you've done in the past with this person. And I felt like this speaks volume when it comes to the relationship of God with, with, with His people. That He was reminding them that remember how I went about liberating you from Egypt. Because we are in a relationship. This is why when you do understand that more than just following the commandments of God, God is simply saying, I am your God. I'm giving you the reason to honor me. Remember our message last week? The reason why we can honor our father and mother because God has a reason and God has given us a reason to honor Him. If you don't know how to honor God, it is impossible for you to what? Honor your parents. And I like the whole idea that God started with honor, the fifth commandment when it comes to relating men because the first four commandments has a lot to do with relating with what? With God, right? The first four commandments. The rest, relating with men. And the fifth commandment when it comes to relating with men has a lot to do with honoring our parents, those people that has the propensity, the possibility to hurt us, people close to us, people that we became vulnerable to. And because of that, if you can honor your parents, you can honor what? You can honor everybody. If you can forgive your parents, you can forgive anyone. So if you can honor your parents, the reason why you don't steal, because you honor somebody's possession. The reason why you will not kill anyone, because you honor life. You won't murder. If you can honor God, honor your parents, you can honor everything. And if you take a closer look of the sixth commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, it says right here in King James Version from Cleveland Cavaliers. (laughs) King James, okay? You shall not kill. But the context is during their time. In fact, the exact translation is that you shall not murder. Because there is such thing as what? As lawful killing and unlawful killing. Unlawful killing means murder. There is such thing as lawful killing. And I want to show you images after images here in front. And you tell me if this is lawful or unlawful. Would that be fine? Are you ready? Yes. One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> no, no, this is unlawful, okay? I just want to make you smile, okay? The first one is that Orlando shooting, okay? Is this lawful or unlawful? unlawful. Good. <laughs> okay? This is unlawful, of course, okay? Death penalty. Lawful or unlawful? Lawful? It's up to you. I'm not here to judge you, okay? It's, a, huh? it's, it's, it's in the law. Can you cite a section? Okay, it's, it's lawful. Okay, thirdly, abortion. Huh? But this is approved by the government, right? Of the country where I'm from. But my point is, of course, for some, it's lawful, okay? Self-defense. Lawful or unlawful? To hurt somebody, it's lawful. Uh, yeah, my son is saying, yeah, it's okay to hurt somebody. Son, you're, you don't know what you're talking about, okay? <laughs> Pastors, and if I have any point, is okay. Uh, the last image is, is it lawful or unlawful? To beat, okay, the warriors in their own home court. Is it lawful or unlawful? Unlawful, unlawful okay. Some of you still are bitter and angry, okay? But just like what I mentioned, I did pray for him and prayed for the rest of the team because the Bible says LeBron and James, the book, the book of James, okay? Um, okay, some of you can't get that. But my point is, yeah, more than just uh, the, the finals, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity really to see this up close and personal, okay? I went to the States about a week ago and I in my dreams, okay? And I know that we're, we're, we're trying to decide if there are certain things that are lawful or not at all. 
But the, the Word of God says, uh, says that more than just us knowing the, if, if something is lawful or not at all, we have to dig deeper. Because at times, our understanding of murder is that you going out of your way and killing somebody unlawfully. Ako naman, wala naman akong pinatay eh. Kuko lang. And, then, uh, and, and some of us, we think in that manner. But I want you to understand, in Matthew 5, 21, 22, you have heard that it was said to those of old, of those of old, Okay. You shall not murder, okay? And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. When you murder, you will be liable. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be what? Liable to judgment. And some of us here probably are surprised that murder and, and anger are placed side by side in the same pedestal. That if you are what? If you're angry, you're, you're committing murder. And some of us here probably will challenge the whole idea because we are right now in the New Testament era. The Old Testament says that if you what, if you if you affiliate with somebody, not your wife, you're committing what adultery, right? In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, by just mere thinking of a woman in your mind, lustfully, you are committing adultery. There's a higher standard in the same manner. Okay, when you hurt somebody in the Old Testament and kill somebody unlawfully, you are a what a murder. But in the New Testament, without hurting anyone, by just being angry at someone. You're committing murder. And there is such thing, of course, as righteous anger and unrighteous anger. But we need to understand that underneath murder, there's anger. In fact, the source of murder is not anger. Murder is anger. So if you're angry, you're committing murder. All of us are murderers. Look at the person on your left. Yeah, that is a murder. The person on your right, he is or she is a murderer. Because once you what? You express your anger unlawfully and you say negative things and you're harsh with somebody that you tell people that you're no good that you you say harsh things to your kids you're committing murder and the reason why god wants us to understand this because what comes out of your tongue will hurt you and god remember his desire is to protect you from drifting away and the more you say that the more it will hurt you god loves us so much he's crazy that i will protect you i will do everything to give you the guidelines and the motivation that what comes out of your mouth and from this message will help you build your life that I will not start it today. I will ask the grace of God that I will speak what is what? What is excellent, what is praiseworthy. Amen. So what does this commandment teaches us? That God is the creator. Amen. That He is the giver of life. That He alone has the right to take away life. That's why murder is against, against God. So when you're angry, whether you like it or not, you're guilty of what? Of murder. Because you don't have to commit the act by just having the, the heart displaced from what God wants you to develop. And the posture when it comes to reacting to situations that you are you're composed. And I know that there are a lot of times that there are people that will bring out the, what, the, the anger in us, right? And a lot of people would always tell Pastor, yung mister ko talagang demonyo I mean... And I'm not talking to people in this room. I'm talking to people, other Christians, okay? We're, we're okay here. We're almost perfect, right? And, 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 and you would always tell me, Pastor, because of this brother of mine, I, I want to re- tell you that, that it's not his fault. Matagal ka ng galit, pinalabas niya lang. That anger in your heart is deep-seated in your system, that God has to uh, really create an atmosphere that, that, that somebody brings out really the anger in your heart that you begin to, to see who you really are. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of us, we think we're angelic. Look at the person on your right. Yeah, that person is angelic. He looks good, awesome, amazing. Pero pag galit yan, I'm telling you right now, you see 
Yeah. You see haters. <laughs> and because at the end of the day, people wants to be good, but there is something in our system, depraved, that, that we, we lash on people. This is why the question is, what can we learn from this? That the commandments of God will help us recognize that unrighteous anger is murder. There is such thing as righteous killing. That you want to defend somebody. And, and this is why the Word of God states in Ephesians chapter 4 to 26, that be angry. It's okay to be angry. It's in Ephesians chapter 4. It's okay to be angry, but do not sin. I call this righteous anger. That there are times that I feel like freaking out and reacting to situations. You know what I do? Is that I take a walk. I call that slow anger. It's ideal that you just take time. Don't react. Don't open your mouth. Just list yourself from saying what you need to say. And you develop that posture. But you cannot develop that posture if you don't understand what Christ did for you and me. That you are and formerly we are God's enemies. How many of you here, you're highly convinced because you're a sinner, you are God's enemy. I can be somebody's enemy, but to be God's enemy? I'm telling you right now. I just, I would never dare challenge God to be my enemy. Because God says in His Word that when He opposes you, you're done. But when you walk in humility, you have God's grace, right? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is why there is such thing as righteous anger. The type of anger that is manifested to protect somebody, not to advance our agenda. And righteous anger is a posture we're in. Galit ako kasi may right ako eh. Entitled ako. And some people would, would feel entitled. I mean, I've been attending victory. I've been, I'm giving my tithes and offering. They'll just shut the door. I'm lining up for the past three days here. I mean, and this is not true for, for, for all of us here, okay? That's only for Sunday people, okay? That we have to tell them we have a maximum limit of 1,200. And because Pastor Sonny is famous, people would come. So every Sunday, I would stand outside and tell them there is a Saturday service. Come. We're giving money away. You understand? Just for them to be invited. Good. But at the end of the day, there is such thing as righteous anger. Righteous anger is not for your advantage. Hindi sa kapakanan mo. Tagalog yun, ha? Para sa kapakanan ni Bodhi. The people here. The people that you want to protect. And, that, and that's the reason why. Okay? I'm, I'm, as a father, I, I see to it that my kids are protected. If you mess with my kids, I don't mind starting a jail ministry. Do you understand this? I love my kids so much that I will protect them. This is why if you take a closer look of John chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, uh, 14, the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. This was the account where God has to make a decision because the temple of God was meant to uh, worship God. In the temple, He found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And this is what he did. He was furious. And this was righteous anger. It was not to, it was not to advance what he feels that he, he, he has to really put his foot down and tell people that I'm, I'm, I'm the man here, I'm the king here, you follow me. The context of this scripture is that he was, he was indignant about what people, okay, and how people would treat the temple. He was, he was for the people worshiping God, right? Verse 15, and making a whip of cords. Hindi siya bumili ah, sa Ace Hardware. Ginawa niya. He, he, and making a whip, okay? Hindi naman sinabing buying eh. And I want you to imagine with me talagang, diba? God is making a whip. 
Let it go, let it go. I mean, it's not part of the, scrap, uh, the, 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 the scripture. But, but I was thinking that he was making a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. That's how indignant he is. And he was. Because this righteous anger that he has was meant to protect the worshipers of God during the time. Do you have that kind of anger? Because if you're a type of person, if you're a professing Christian, that if there's somebody who's oppressed and you would never dare challenge the whole situation, people are oppressed and you don't go out of your way. You're not a Christian. Yes, there is a time to, 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 to apply wisdom on all our decisions, but people are what? Are threatened? I hope that we sound the alarm. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, you dare challenge the situation. That when somebody's oppressed, you make yourself available. You have to consider a lot of things. But I hope you do understand the very essence and the very heart of this, that righteous anger is love in motion. If you are a parent here, and your son will ask you, Dad, at the age of three, Dad, can, I, can, I, can you buy me a sports car and a shotgun? Will you agree with him? I will not, because I can't afford one. But my point is, for his protection, am I correct? Do I love my son? Yes. Do I need to protect him? Yes. And that is what righteous anger is. There should be an act that goes with it. This is why, if you take a closer look of the other swing of this, that indeed, righteous anger means you do everything for somebody's protection. There's a tendency for us that when we're walking in anger and we're living a life of anger, that you can't even at times keep watch of what's coming out of your mouth. You know what's written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. The word corrupting came from the same word, which means spoiled or decomposing food. And there are people really that are harsh. How many of you here, you've known people that are very harsh? And you love to be around them. You enjoy it. I mean, there are harsh people. And because hurt people, and I know you did hear this, okay, two, three weeks ago probably, hurt people hurt people. So I, I know that we should not be around these people because if, you, if, you don't, if you're not watchful, there's a, a, a tendency that they influence your life. How many of you here are guilty of this? That when you go with people that are harsh, you become harsh as well. And you're surprised, why am I harsh? Because it's, it's something that you, you, you get. It's a spirit that you, you, you get exposed to and eventually you end up one. And this is why the Word of God says as well that we what? We need to, we need to be people that, that speaks with so much grace so that people around us will benefit from it, that we will have a testimony. And I hope we're like that. That our lives are a vessel wherein people would want to be with us because we're affirming, we're loving. I'm not saying that you have to really constantly act like this. Your actions are a byproduct of your understanding and your relationship with God. So if you don't agree with your actions and you can't keep track of the way you live your life, the way you talk, you have to retrace your steps and go back. Lord, do I really know you? Do I really know the gospel? Do I appreciate what you've done for me? I know tomorrow will be our family day for some of you and most of you here. I want you to exercise to your wife, to your children, to your great, uh, grandchildren. And I'm telling you right now, in the onset, it will have to be a discipline. But after doing so, it will be a delight. But before you do so, you have to ask God, give me the grace. Because we can murder people with our tongue. The way you speak, you can murder people. You can kill them. 
and, and just tell them harsh things that will deny, their, deny them of their ambition. We have the propensity to be negative to people. Honestly, all of us are guilty of this. Yeah, have you ever asked yourself, where is this coming from? Why am I so negative? When you face the mirror after waking up, okay, the first hour of the day, and you face the mirror, why? Why are you like that? Do you understand? And the reason why I'm confident that you look good, because you are created in the image and likeness of God. No matter how you feel ugly you are, you are created in the image and likeness of God. Look at the person on your right. You might not agree with me. Probably you feel like, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly. No, you are created in the image and likeness of God. And the reason why I don't go to pornographic sites and look at naked women, whether they would at times devaluate themselves because all men are created in the image and likeness of God. When you enter a pornographic site, you're, you're, you're watching God naked. Do you have what it takes to swallow that? And so if, if you, you tend to address and you're harsh with your husband, your wife, and your children, you're, you're simply harsh to the image and likeness of God. So I hope starting today that we don't have this classification in the back of our heads that, or back of our minds that there are individuals that should what, be, be 10 out of 10 when it comes to how you perceive them. How many of you here at times are guilty of that? That we classify people, it's a 1 out of 10, it's a 3 out of 10, it's a 10 out of 10. Body, 11 out of 10. It's something like that. I mean... Why? Because we don't look at people the way God sees them. We look at people the way they dress, the way they look. But starting today, I hope that when we look at people, the way we address people, they're always 10 out of 10 in the eyes of God. All of us in this room are created in the image and likeness of God. You're valuable, acknowledged, and are accepted by God. So when I address you, I address you the way I address God. You're not God, but you are God's representation. Whether you're convinced or not, one thing I know, God is convinced that you are a reflection of His image. Can we give God a glory for that? So when we look at people, when you look at yourself, and you base yourself the way you look and the size of your waist, man, whether you like it or not, you're creating the image and likeness of God. I was trying my best to look good to impress people, but I realized God is impressed with me. I don't have to lose weight. <laughs> Probably. Okay. But at the end of the day, I go back to God's truth. That if this is how God looks at me, I should take care of my body as well. That's the gospel. This is why when we talk to people, we don't address them based on what we see. Based on the amount of money in their pockets. We see them as God sees them. So when you talk starting today, you're a life giver, not a life taker. That you're not harsh with people. Some of us here, we gossip and we talk, uh, and, and we talk against people. Again, I'm not talking about people in this room where we're righteous, slow to anger and abounding. I'm talking to other Christians. But when you talk against and, and behind the back of, of, of individuals, you're simply saying, God, this person is created in the image and likeness of, of, of your son, Jesus Christ. This one, I have what it takes to gossip about this person. Because he's not even, I don't know if he's created. But all of us, whether if you are an unwanted child and you are a product of rejection, you are created in the image and likeness of God. So we will address you the way God will address you. And I'm telling you right now, how did God address you? Yes, you're full of sin, but He offered His Son, which means you are valuable because of the value and the exchange of value that took place on the cross.
Isn't that beautiful? Hindi, hindi, na, hindi na padala ng, ng askal ang Panginoon. Ayan, askal lang yan. Yung ganon, hindi, no, hindi nagpadala ng, ng kung anong, ah, ito, ito, papadala ko dito, unggoy. Yung ganon, to sacrifice for him, he looks like one. Yung ganon, yung, that, that's not God. He gave his best, one and only son. Because he sees your value. Is, are you excited of this? Are you blessed with this? Yes. The, the amount of the payment speaks highly of your value. And this is why I'm excited. So when you approach God and worship God, just like what this passage in Matthew 5.22 is saying, so if you are an offering your gift at the altar, when you worship God, and the context of this are people that would go out of their way and offer something in the altar to compensate, did I say it right? For their sins. And they remember that your brother has something against you. It's not just okay, a sin offering. It's, it can be something okay, that you would want to use to worship the Lord. That your brother has something against you, live your gift therefore, or there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Now the context of this are people traveling, okay, based on my study, and they offer something in the altar. And if you hurt somebody three days ago, and 100 kilometers from where you are, you have to go back. That's how valuable this one is. You have to really what make amends and reconcile the relationship. I mean, God can offer your, your sacrifices and what you've offered, and, and that's your act of worship because your heart is centered towards God. But God is simply saying that if you want to worship me, reconcile with people. Reconcile because remember that you cannot, you cannot capture the gospel if someone and something has captured your heart. Haven't you noticed when you're bitter about somebody, you're, you're so full of ways to retaliate. Yung iniisip mo siya, galit ka sa kanya. Lahat na nang ginagawa Yung ayaw niya. And you can worship God because God wants your full attention. Am I correct? So you have to settle that. And, and the way you settle it is based on how God has been gracious to you. How many of you here can honestly say, you don't have to raise your hand. It's easy to forgive the people around us and the people that has hurt us if you do understand how the Lord has forgiven you. And this is one of the things I've discovered through the years. As I experience God's forgiveness, it's easy for me to forgive other people as well. Did you understand this? And the more, and, 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 and the more you forgive people of how, what they've done to you when you, what, when you approach God and ask for forgiveness, you'll be surprised that you will experience God's forgiveness instantaneously. You don't have to strive and struggle because you're living a life of forgiveness. This is why we need to understand that more than just us knowing that murder is anger and anger is murder, that we need to be reconciled with those people who are angry with us. This is my prayer for all of This is something probably some of you here might have overlooked through the years. But God is simply saying, don't wait for people. Go out of your way and do something with it. Because it takes humility to go out of your way and reach out. Why? Because you cannot worship God. You cannot eat the fruit of the land. You can't fulfill what God is calling you to do if you have unforgiveness in your heart. So if you have been harsh with people, you have used your tongue to lash on people, I know it's hard to text the person and, and tell the person, I'm sorry for being so negative and harsh to you. I was harsh to the image of God. Do you imagine that? That the words that you have spoken the past few years are geared towards hurting the image and likeness of God. 
That's powerful. This is why, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that you're brother. Why brother? Because the people that are dear to our hearts has the capacity to hurt us. Because the people close to our hearts are, are individuals that we became vulnerable to. And because you're vulnerable, they can hurt you. Remember, one of the sins, one of the first sins that was committed in the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, in the course of time, Cain brought the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. But for Cain and his offering, he had no re- regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Similar to what God is admonishing in the New Testament of what and how uh, Cain and Abel went about really their offering to God and their offerings to God. Why? Because at the end of the day, if you can fix this relationship, you can honor a brother, you can honor God. Because this brother of yours is created in the image and likeness of God. So if you respect that and you value that, you go out of your way. And this is one of the things, the game changer, the most amazing things about, or the most amazing thing about this, this message is that the reason why God wants you to go out of your way and reconcile with your brother, your sister, or those people that has offended you, because it's not for them. It is for your benefit. It is you that will be set free. That you are living the life that God has for you because you're no longer controlled by the people that has offended you. Just like what I mentioned a while ago. When you're offended, when you're bitter, every time the person is around, even if he knows that you have, he has offended you or not at all, your, your life revolves around the, that person. And your life is so precious that you have wasted your time thinking and rethinking on how you can retaliate with that person. Why can't you just, okay, do yourself a favor? But you cannot do this without you understanding that God has been so gracious to you. That we used to be God's enemies, but He sent His Son for all of us. And because of that, you have that understanding. You can now say, God, who am I not to forgive? Who am I not to let go? And before you know it, because of you letting go, and you releasing people from what they've done to you, you can live the life that God has for you. Before, you're living the life according to how bitter you are against that person who has hurt you. Now, you're living the life that God has for you. This is the beauty of releasing people and reconciling uh, yourself with people that have hurt you. Because you are simply saying that, God, I'm starting life with a clean slate. I'm starting all over again. It is really mentioned here that first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And I realize that God is simply telling us to reconcile with our brothers. But have you given it a thought that though we have sinned against God and it was our fault and we run away from God from the book of Genesis until now when we sinned against the Lord before we came to know the Lord? It was not because of our deliberate effort that we would want to get to know God. But it was the deliberate effort of God to look for men. That it was our sin, it was our fault. In today's culture, kung kasalanan mo, ikaw bumalik, ikaw ng tawad. Tayong ginawa natin, tapakbo tayo. We run away from God. It was God who sought after man. He sent His Son as a peace offering. Eh, problema mo eh. Why would God give a peace offering? Di ba pag problema mo, ikaw dapat magbigay ng peace offering? Do you understand this? How many of you here, you're expecting that, expecting that from friends. So when, 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 when they're at fault, they, they should go out of their way and give you the peace offering to fix the relationship. I can't even reconcile 
the gospel most of the time. It was God who sent His Son to make the peace offering. In Romans 5.10, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. It was His Son who died on the cross. Thus, we are reconciled back to God. In Romans 5.8, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Remember, about two weeks ago, I did say and, 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 and share this message that I would never die for people that won't shape up. I will wait for you to change bago ko ibigay ang buhay ko. Magbago ka muna. But that's not God's formula that we're living a life of sin. I died for you. Because when you're ready, gusto mo bumalik sa akin, makakabalik ka. And when you return to God, you'll appreciate grabe. He's not guaranteed if I will return home, but He died for me. And because of that, you can't help but draw near to God. That's the beauty of the gospel. This is why we can't live a life of anger because we know that we're not just living this life all by ourselves. Most of us were angry and I've mentioned this. The reason why you're angry because you just want to be on top of the situation. And when you're not in control, you get mad. How many of you here are guilty of this? My point is, all of us are, 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 are guilty. We want to be on top because you don't understand that you're not just doing life alone. You have God that has promised to stay faithful. So when things doesn't go your way, and most of the time, it doesn't go our way. Am I correct? Pero mayroon po tayong Panginoon who's in control. When things doesn't go our way, relax, sit back, and enjoy. He's on top of this. He's in control of this. This is why you can't react. I can't react against the image and likeness of God. Why should I react when I know God is on top of this? God is in control. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. There is nothing to worry. We just have to put our trust in what Christ did on the cross. Amen. Can we give God a glory? We honor life as we honor God, the giver of life. And when we do understand that people are created in the image and likeness of God, and we know that God is in control of our lives, we can honor and we don't have to react to situations. When you know God is on top of everything, instead of reacting, you'll respond. You know, one of the things I have learned that I don't have to know the nitty-gritty, yung plano ng Panginoon, usually, chismoso tayo, yung Lord, pa, pa. I want to know, if, if I move, can you tell me your game plan? Pakita mo naman. Minsan, hindi pinapakita ng Panginoon kasi yung pananampalataya natin dun sa plano, hindi sa gumawa ng plano. Okay naman pala, let me join the bandwagon. Let me cooperate with you. Ang ganda ng plano mo. You know, one of the things that you need to develop is that though you don't understand God's plans and you, will, you don't have the capacity to comprehend the thoughts of God as long as you're guaranteed it came from God. In this life, I don't know if, if I'll succeed or fail. But one thing I know, kasama akong Panginoon, kasama natin ng Panginoon. Wala tayong dapat i, ikatakot. Because God will always be faithful. Tayo lang yung faithless. Wala tayong pananampalataya. But I'm glad I'm in a covenant. Remember the Jewish nation? They're in a covenant. I have a covenant with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. So kahit minsan may pagbabago in my end, or on my, uh, in, in, wherever, uh, in, my, in my perspective, may pagbabago. Sa paningin ng Panginoon, walang pagbabago. 
because of what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing has changed. So before we leave this room, I hope that you do understand that we can be composed, that we don't have to struggle with anger. But I will pray for you if you're struggling with anger. First is that you accept that you have that problem. Secondly, you acknowledge God's love for you. Pag na-overwhelm ka kasi ng pagmamahal ng Panginoon, magbabago ang pananaw mo sa buhay. And I want to invite all of you here to bow your heads and close uh, your eyes. Panginoon, salamat for this opportunity. That Lord God, instead of reacting, instead of Lord God saying our peace, Lord God, and, and being harsh with people, and, and we use our tongue to lash on people, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. Can we ask all of you here, and can I ask all of you here to raise your hands? And this is a, a, a posture of, of repentance. Panginoon, we ask for forgiveness. Humihingi po kami ng kapatawaran for using our tongue not for your glory not for your satisfaction not to please you for using our tongue oh God to lash on people to hurt people Lord forgive us Lord for using our tongue for, for, for using it Lord God to curse and, and, and malign people Lord forgive us today we surrender to your will and we ask forgiveness that you shape our tongue Lord God to speak life kahit nasaktan ka pa you don't have the right because you are simply addressing the image and likeness of God Lord thank you that we don't have to react because we know God. That you are a God who's on top of all of this. So today I ask that each person and each and every one of us, Lord God, will have, Lord, the humility to accept that we are murderers, that we have, keep, we have killed people in our thoughts, and yet, Lord, we want to acknowledge that in the midst of all of this, we acknowledge your love. That it is your love that will give us the security and the stability. That we don't have to be like this. That we don't have to be insecure. Some of us, we, we react because we're just full of insecurities. Let God secure you. Let God affirm you. Let God comfort you. I want you right now to just accept and say, God, thank you for your love this evening. Receive God's love right now. The world we're in, are full of harsh people and we love them but you don't have to be like them be the child of God be the kind of person created in the image and likeness of God live the life that God has for you and be transformed by Him and Him alone Lord thank you for your comfort salamat Panginoon sa iyong pagbamahal sa iyong kabutihan because we know God you will not give up on us you can put down your hands and before we end if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and if you want to start all over again bagong panimula, I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me follow this prayer after me if you want to have a relationship with God and if you want to start all over again it's amazing to be secured and be loved by God unconditionally and it, that can only begin if you accept Him in your heart so if you want to accept Christ, just pray this prayer after me. Say this after me, Jesus. Say this after me, Jesus. I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, thank you that I'm accepted. I am loved and forgiven.